Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Rural Insights Podcast, and I'm David Haynes, and today we're thrilled to be with uh, the president of Stormy Cromer, Gina Thornton, and uh, they've got a lot of exciting new things going on, and as everyone who lives in the UP has ever been, knows what Stormy Cromer is, uh, uh, so... Uh, and around the world. So I was going to start with, uh, Gina, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and and your life at Stormy Chrome, how you got there and stuff like that. Sure. Um, thanks for having me on to chat today. Um, so I was born and raised here in Ironwood. So I'm a, I'm a Uber kid and uh, grew up in, you know, a family business. So when I was a young person, uh, we just had our sewing factory that my grandpa had started. My dad was running. We didn't have Stormy Cromer as a part of it quite yet, but I, so I grew up around an entrepreneur and hanging out on Saturdays with my sister and I, with my dad at the, at the shop and just, you know, really experiencing family business. However, when I was a young person, I was not interested in the family business at all. And I, I wanted to go to a big city and, make my mark on the world. I was very, um, very into the arts as a kid. And so I ended up getting a degree in arts administration from the UW Stevens Point and ended up finding my way to Texas, actually, um, with my husband. And I lived in Dallas, Texas for about 12 years after college and had my career in arts administration and had a great time. And then uh, both the Midwest and the business started tugging at my heart a little bit. And uh, my husband was also a Midwesterner. He's from Milwaukee. And so we started to think that maybe being back in the business and back in the this area was something that we both really wanted. So in 2009, uh, we moved back. We actually live across the border in uh, in northern Wisconsin, about half an hour from Ironwood now. And um, I joined the business and we had, we had, uh, the business had purchased Stormy Cromer in 2001. Um, and so when I came on, it was still, you know, we'd had it for a while, but it was still uh, in the gr- very much growth period. And so I was great to come alongside my dad and uh, just be a part of the business and, and help to, to see what we can do with this brand and, and also the rest of our sewing factory as well, which, which is still going strong too. Well, when I was when I was president of Northern, I had the opportunity yeah. to tour your facilities with your dad. Yeah. And it was a really, really fascinating, uh, fascinating experience of what you do. So one of the things that I understand you've done is you've you've led the expansion in, into a clothing line. Is that an accurate? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I would say into into a number of different categories. You know, when I when I came back. Um, there were a few apparel pieces, but they were pretty um, focused at one kind of customer. Um, and we didn't have uh, really a, an apparel designer on staff. And so we had, we were kind of 
putting things together with different uh, outside resources to help us with design and, and see what's out in the marketplace that we could do. I mean, it's always a challenge about what, what we can produce in America that's going to be competitive, you know, price point wise. And so it's, there's always this dance around that. Um, and, and we really uh, led into, um, you know, first, actually the first kind of thing that I did was to find a, in a closet, find a hat with kind of a crude flower attached to it. And I said, well, what, what's this dad? And um, oh, it was an idea, but it never went anywhere. It was your mom's idea, but she's not even in the business just, but she's got great style and sense of things. And, you know, so that was, um, that became what, what is known as the pedal pusher cap right now, which is a, you know, our best-selling cap for women. And it really marked, I would say first our, our push into being more than just a man's brand. Um, I would say that's kind of the first expansion was really into including women, um, and then we did bring on a designer, um, who we've been, I've been working really closely with the last few years to really expand the apparel into being much more competitive apparel wise. Um, and then the other like expansion category I like to talk about is, um, I don't know if it was 16 or 15, I don't know, something like that, but we added our pet, um, collection, which was really exciting as well to start doing pet products. So, you know, when we bought the company, it was just a single hat, and um, we've just really broadened the product line over the last 10 years to be appealing to a lot more people and a lot more demographics. I'll forget it on mute. Are you still in the sale business? Do you ever do any, any, anything in that line? Isn't that what the original cutting was? I'm sorry. The the what kind of business? Sale, S A I L. Didn't you didn't you do sales? No. Well, we huh? do no, not sales, but a big part of our original sewing company was doing like custom boat covers and and things of that okay, nature. Yeah, yep. yeah. And and we do we don't do as much of that anymore because really our our operation has turned more into a high volume, higher volume. You know, not right. not high volume like overseas, right. but higher volume versus custom kind of things. Yeah. So. So how many people work for you? Um, we have right around 100 employees right now here in Ironwood. Um, and uh, yeah, they, we've got a, two buildings worth and we, they, uh, we've got a bunch of really hardworking folks here that are making this happen. And, and your, your pet line, which my wife and I love since we have dogs and cats, what, how has that been as a lot? Has that caught on? It has been very good. Um, you know, of course, in our direct-to-consumer sales on our website, I mean, people just, anything cute for their dog is, is an easy sell. Um, and it seems like there's lots of, it's just like our our hats for little little ones sell really well, you know, mommy and daughter, and it's also mommy and their dog, you know, look at matching is a big thing. Um, we've had some success in the last uh, couple of years with some larger um, chain stores that we work with out in, particularly in the West, kind of more like farm and ranch kind of stores, picking up our pet line pretty broadly as well. So we've seen some nice expansion even on the wholesale side of the business with that line. So as, as a business that's been in the UP a long time, what are some of the challenges you think will face you in the coming decade, what, as well as other businesses? but that, that you see as a leading business in the upper peninsula? 
Right. I mean, I, I I bet every business in the Upper Peninsula would talk about talent, right, as a challenge upcoming. Um, and we are, you know, I, I think we face, it's kind of unique in a couple of ways. There aren't a lot of people sitting around with sewing skills already, right? It's a kind of a unique skill that isn't out there. And um, our growth uh, it right now is starting to outpace our um, capacity here in Ironwood. Um, and there's just some realities about the number of people we will have in a, in Gogebic County and, you know, to, to do that work. Um, and, and we're pretty, and we're committed to keeping at least the majority of the product line in the United States. Um, and so we've had to get a little more creative about trying to partner with some other factories um, in lower Michigan, in Wisconsin, in other places. Um, because I think that it's specifically the production capacity and, and the, the talent piece to do the production is going to be a challenge for us. Um, and then, I mean, I think everyone's got supply chain on their mind as well, as we look at our raw materials that, that come from all over the world, um, to, you know, to put in the hands of our very talented sewing machine operators, um, how to get those, how easily we can get them, um, how much the prices are going up on our raw materials, all of those things I think are really, you know, significant uh, challenges. But I don't know that, I think they're pretty common uh, in in the, in 2022 and inflation and, and all those kinds of things. Um, I, like I said, right now we're seeing just some really good growth and our challenge is going to be to keep up with it. Um, and then to be able to weather any storms that come with, uh, you know, the economy. I, I think that's another big concern I have as a leader is thinking about, are we headed for some kind of downturn in the economy? Um, and, and you can get very various opinions on that from the experts out there. Um, but we're just trying to balance uh, some risks we're taking as a business that, you know, investments and risks in order to grow with also being prudent for what might come down the road. So obviously we've heard this week that inflation has hit 8.5%. Uh, people's costs of buying beef and chicken and buying mm -hmm. gasoline for the automobile. And those kind of inflation issues are part of that supply chain issue for you, the cost of, of the product? For sure. Yeah. And also, you know, the cost of freight that's going up so much just to move product um, has really gotten quite expensive. Um, and, and, and also, you know, uh, labor increases. We've, you know, when we were experiencing inflation like that, well, that means that our employees' dollars aren't going as far. And so we've been making some you know, investments in salaries and wages and, and, and need to keep doing that as the situation changes. But that all, that all is a part of the puzzle when we look at the, you know, final price of things. Is childcare a problem over in the Ironwood area? Yeah, I think childcare is a problem everywhere in, um, in the UP. Um, it definitely is a, a challenge and it's been obviously with the pandemic challenging and there aren't that many childcare providers. And so when, when one was shut down for two weeks because of COVID, it, it impacted a number of employees here uh, because there aren't that many options. We had one administrative department that <laughs> the whole department was knocked out for a couple, you know, several times during COVID because the daycare was closed. And, um, you know, so all of that is uh, getting more flexible with work and how people can work and when they can work and, and making, making it just managing it.
So what is the, uh, I'm sort of big into SWOT analysis. My last question is, what do you think are the opportunities for you in the next few years? What are the, when you look at it, you go, that is a great opportunity for, for, sure. for this company. I think one of our opportunities that we're we're in the middle of and we've been really focused on being poised to take advantage of is, is the fact that we are made here. Um, we have been able to stay in stock with product a lot more consistently than some of our competition in the outdoor clothing world. So we're hearing from a lot of the stores and things that buy our products that they, you know, in last fall in the, in the cold, when they need products like ours and other companies, they weren't able to, they weren't able to get things from other suppliers. And, and we were there with the product. It wasn't perfect because we had some of our own issues where, like I said, we're growing fast. And so we, we, we were out of some things, but for the most part, we've been able to stay in stock with product in our core time of the year, pretty solidly, which means those retailers know they can get product from us. And once we've heard, we heard from quite a number of retailers, well, I can't get product from such and such. So I'd like to, I've never bought coats from you before, but I need coats in my store. So I'm going to buy these coats from you because you have some. And then our, our opportunity and our challenge is to keep that floor space, you know, that we were able to, to take. So I think there's a real opportunity with some of our competition us being able to just outperform them on a customer service level um, with some of our retailers. Um, and also there's some uh, there's some other brands who were traditionally known for um, kind of very traditional wool outdoor clothing have who have changed their product line and and um, the customer that they're targeting. And so they've left a gap in the marketplace. Um, like Woolrich, for example, um, has really changed the look and feel and even um, target customer of their products. It's not the sort of traditional American look that you would think of. And so we see that as a big opportunity that they're leaving a gap in the marketplace that we can design product that that fills some of those holes and, and develop into some of those categories um, and be there for, for customers to, to buy from. So, um, and then I would say the last thing is just the pandemic has given us two, two opportunities. One, people moving to outdoor activities. So there's been such a large increase, like for example, in hunting, um, hunting license sales and things like that, um, that we are able, are poised to, you know, respond to people's needs when they're outside. And then just being ready to keep getting better and better at e-commerce and, and understanding that world as more and more people shift to online shopping. So those are the, a lot of the positives we're looking at. Well, thank you very much. That's really exciting. And not only good news for Stormy Cromer, but for the Upper Peninsula and all the people that that work with you and use your products. So uh, yes. thank you, Gina Thorson, president of Stormy Cromer, for send, spending this time with us. We really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast. Brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.